Welcome everyone once again to the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast, episode 36, coming to you on the 1st of November 2016. Another Champions League night. Me and the Iceman very happy as we're watching Arsenal cruising towards a potential group victory. Moving away from the bias, however, let's move forward with our FPL review of the coming week. First up, welcoming back the Statman, the editor, it is the Iceman. Thanks Pete, and welcome back yourself. Thank you very much. Now, the last few weeks, it's been very much a case of me and the Iceman Unplanned talking through FPL. Thanks for your your regular listens and tweets. We've actually managed to get a guest speaker in this week, someone who uh, may be very familiar to a number of you. We've got JNO United in, who's uh, best known for his YouTube channel. Welcome along, sir. And thank you for having me along. About time I'm on here, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think so. <laughs> we, we've too. tried about... to sort it out for a while, haven't we? Yeah, it's taken a while. Well, we've needed a, a, a militant West Ham influence on this podcast. I'm not sure you're going to be quite as biased as uh, as Woodsy, but uh, just tell the fans a little bit about your kind of allegiance to Clubwise and your your YouTube channel. Okay, well. West Ham came along, uh, me following them, because of the YouTube channel and because my wife supports them. So I know sometimes it comes across like I'm a bit of a diehard West Ham fan, but uh, AFC Wimbledon is where my heart lies. Uh, did a video at the uh, qualifying, getting into League One uh, through the playoffs. So AFC Wimbledon is where my heart is at, but I do follow West Ham and watch every game I possibly can. And it came because the uh, subscribers said they wanted me to be uh, a West Ham fan uh, did explain to him that my wife supported him as well, so it wasn't just an out of the blue decision. <laughs> uh, I've been doing YouTube for about a year and four months now, and probably the highlight has been becoming a nominee in the Football Blogging Awards, uh, which Brilliant. I'll be going to mid-month, uh, November seventeenth, which I'm where looking forward to. Where, where's that being held again? Uh, it's at Old Trafford. At Old Trafford. So yeah, I've never been to Old Trafford, so it'll be a new thing for me. Yeah, we we did get invited, but then we we couldn't be bothered to beg one of our <laughs> listeners to <laughs> to vote. It's for funny, us. like I I said to them, look, I'm interested in going if I'm a nominee, and they were like, well, the tickets might be gone by then, so yeah. I took a risk and bought a ticket, and then yeah, I may have uh, pimped myself out over social media a bit, but <laughs> I think that worth that it is, in the end. Yeah, um, interesting that the missus had the influence on your club side. My missus uh, is a militant diehard Liverpool fan. She will never me to that side of the red colours yeah, I have to say um, I've got to say in terms of just seeing some of your videos I like the uh, the comedy element added to uh, a usually very serious subject to all of us which is FPL well I think sometimes you just have to laugh when you're playing FPL because it can drive you mad otherwise yeah and I've spent a lot of time with the Iceman let me tell you there can be floods of tears after a bad <laughs> game week <laughs> Well, welcome to the pod. Be good to have a, a third voice on here this week and a different opinion to me and that of the Iceman. Let's um, let's get straight into our teams for this week. And Iceman, I'm going to come to you first of all. How was your game week? Yeah, I did pretty good. 81 I hit total. Captain Sanchez, not Aguero, but still was around the same amount. Had Lukaku, uh, Lovren got me a goal and Firmino. Wilcott didn't play. The, the only one I brought in was Alonso for Monreal because I heard he got injured. So, yeah, I brought him in. He got me six points. Going forward, I think Alonso is going to be quite uh, an attacking threat for me. So, yeah, I'm hoping for points from him. I've also made three changes already, uh, meaning yeah. I, it's a minus four. I've also I've brought in KDB, Allen, and Austin up top. But looking at it now, I'm thinking maybe uh, Gudonga might have been a good bet, <laughs> especially with his two goals tonight. Absolute masterclass against, uh, against Barcelona. I think uh, we're certainly going to tuck into a few of those players as we go through the various fixtures in the coming game week. Um, but 81, great score for you there. What about you, Jay? And how did you get on? Well, I managed to get 90 and uh, wow, probably fantastic. my best game week so far. I An hour before the deadline, I was like, Sanchez or Aguero, Sanchez or Aguero. Hmm. And then I thought, you know what? I said in my uh, show, FPL Today, Coutinho is the safest option. I'd brought him in for that game week, so I captained Coutinho and oh, immediately course. regretted it when Sanchez started scoring and then yeah. Aguero started scoring. Fortunately, Coutinho did get to assist, so not too far off, but a lot further off than Sanchez was off of Aguero. 
Uh, other than that, Alan and Tom Heaton were my best performers, and I'm starting to really like Tom Heaton as my uh, go-to keeper. Yeah, certainly keeps uh, pulling out a few random clean sheets, and, and he he does pull off a number of saves every game week. Even if he doesn't keep a clean sheet, you end up with sort of a good three or four point return just because of the amount of saves he's having to make at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely a bonus, especially sometimes he concedes the same amount as my other keeper, Ben Foster, but gets a two points more. So I may just stick with him in goal for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going with him at the moment as well. A lot of people are bringing him in. I think he's gone up in price already. He's probably their main option. You can't see much else from them, though. No, well, I'm a fantastic game week, 90-plus points, the highest for the week being 132. Um Mine may have been similar had I taken a common sense decision, but I'll explain what went wrong in just a moment. I ended up with 77, which is probably one of my best game weeks for the season, so not too far off the ice, man. I didn't take any hits either, so quite happy with that. I did Captain Kun. I also had Sanchez in my midfield. Costa came good, Firmino... And um, I've been giving him a hard time for the last few weeks, but after ranting and raving, John Stones not only kept a clean sheet, but he got me a bonus as well. So I'm uh, I'm eating. Well, I'm eating humble pie, but I'm also enjoying the fruits that are within that pie because that certainly boosted a back for uh, well for the goalkeeper that scored uh, only four other points. Um, as usual, I know you're dying to know what's on my bench. It is indeed Tom Heaton. Uh, I went the other <laughs> way around. I went for Foster in goal instead, and it's backfired horribly on me. So there's 11 points just nesting on that bench there. Just thinking back, thinking back around my uh, my thinking around that, I think City had looked a little bit weaker in the, the last few game weeks. I thought West Brom had been looking at home little bit better and i couldn't see man united going another game as poorly as they were against uh, chelsea uh, i was wrong <laughs> it's, it's, to be it's fair i think that's why a lot of people didn't captain aguero is because of your thinking there yeah yeah and it has one thing we've learned from fpl never trust the trends <laughs> so 77 so although i was very happy it could have been so much better but it's all out uh, would be points Anyway, let's have a look at our top 10 for the week. Those uh, those players I've mentioned there, we'll certainly get into them as we discuss our fixtures, but I'm going to try and mumble my way through our top 10 again. Not too much change. There's a few new ones here. So in 10th place, we've got William Dollar Baby, Tom Coombe. Good, good game week for him with 88. We've got Niels Henning Gunderson with L11. I think that's a new one to our top 10, uh, a game week of 90. We've got Boney 2017, Anton Thornson's dropped down to 8th this week. Chimp Paradox, that's a very, very strong, strong FPL man. name. Azim Khan, Adida Oscar, Nate Thomas, keeping consistent in 6th place. Boom, Jackalakalaka, Craig Bleakley, still in 5th. The Differential 11, we've mentioned them a few times now, FPL forecast down to 4th. The Special 1, Dimitar Todorov in third place. Second place, Anticlante United with Andreas Olander. And first place still, the mysterious Duke Douglas Munro is opening up sort of a 30-point gap at the top there. So uh, a very impressive, consistent side. I'm just going to shout out in 11th place, the RK Mavericks, Kunal uh, Roran, who scored 106 points. A very, very strong game week indeed. Yeah, there was a lot of high scores this week, wasn't there? The average was, what was it, 57? Yeah, I mean, I've just noticed, I know we like to look through our, our league and see some interesting names. In 34th place, there is actually another team called Boom Jackalakalaka. So uh, I don't know if those people know each other or if that's just <laughs> people picking terrible names by Maybe chance. He's got the same team. Maybe he's got a, a bogey team which he uses as a, what he plays with to try different things i'm not sure what's going on there but anyway thanks for taking part in the league now plenty of people involved there again your opportunity to win the coveted fancy football surgery t-shirt at the end of the season and the Iceman's uh, audi as well i know we're not giving that away now are we <laughs> no mate no i'd like to keep my audi thanks very much <laughs> keep the audi that's fine um okay enough said on that let's get into the game week ahead so champions league uh, big night tonight, so we'll factor that into our decision-making. Um, the first game of this week, Bournemouth versus Sunderland. Iceman, first of all, just what are your thoughts on this to lead us off? Yeah, I think Sunderland, they just look like they're going to get ripped apart by every team going now, really. They've they've had the worst start in the Premier League history, and they're the only team in the top four divisions not to win a game. And Bournemouth, although they did lose 2-0 against Middlesbrough in the last game, they still look promising, they still play some good football. Our man Wilshire is uh, actually 
playing better, putting in some good balls over the top to create some chances. And Bournemouth actually without a win in their last seven away games. So just to go show their home form is pinnacle here. And I think they're going to show it against Sunderland. I think the likes of Wilson are going to get a goal or two. In the last game, Adam Smith actually came off with the most amount of shots with five. Yeah, they're, they're back four, still an option, although they're still not keeping clean sheets that often. So clean sheets may maybe not the way to go, but attacking threat from the likes of Daniels and Adam Smith, uh, you could probably benefit from there. Yeah, I, I noticed there you mentioned about Wilshire. He's now completed two 90 minutes in a row, which is just unheard of. So perhaps starting to prove the hypothesis the Arsenal medical staff are incompetent as correct. <laughs> Jay and I, what, what are your thoughts on this fixture? Is anybody jumping out at you from Bournemouth? Well, I have to say, again, the defence... Uh, Clean sheets are bonuses when you're looking at the Bournemouth defence, but the attacking threat they have, especially from set pieces, uh, not only Daniels and Smith, but you've got Cook as well, who's popped up with a few. Um, I've got Smith myself, so I'm hoping for goals off of Smith. But I'd like to look at the midfield as well, and I think Stanislas, uh, eight shots on target this season. That's the most out of any Bournemouth uh, midfielder as far as shots on target, and he looks good from set pieces at the moment. So... If I was going to pick a midfielder, uh, Wilshere has been looking good, but as far as goal threat and assists go, he hasn't really uh, factored there yet. So Stanislas would be my midfielder. The only thing with that, I think he's injured at the moment. He didn't play the last two. He's still on a yellow. You have an update on that. Yeah, he's still on a yellow flag. Yeah, he didn't play the last two. Uh, I did not so, notice because <laughs> so he's not in my side. But <laughs> he's not in your side. <laughs> I've been thinking about him. Yeah, I went Allen instead, which was a good choice, obviously. Oh, yeah. That was a fine choice. Yeah, yeah. So there's calf injury on him at the moment. It'll be yeah, interesting to see uh, to see if he he comes good by the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, if if Stanislas, if Stanislas is fit, we called him a couple of weeks ago, and I do agree. He seems to be the most consistent one this season. I, I at the thought the season at the start of the season, I thought Gradle was going to be the one that would be the standout, not quite come back into contention just yet. Benikafobe, who was good last season, he seems to have gone quiet, but Stanislas seemed to be the one that was consistent attacking from their midfield. Um, this could be the Arsenal bias, but I do think if Jack Wilshire keeps playing, he's going to assist. But if you're putting me on the spot um, between him and Stanislas, I'd still go Stanislas if fit at the moment. Yeah. Interestingly for you guys as Arsenal fans, he's Jack Wilshere has been featured on Sky Sports today talking about his new fitness regime and yeah. why he went to Bournemouth and all that. Yeah, I did watch I did part say of that. that. It, was, it was interesting. He was just saying how I think in the England team, he was like, well, I need to start playing games. And yeah, yeah. he's well, gone to Bournemouth. He's got that. So he is completing 90 minutes now. So hopefully it's good for him going forward. And uh, and us next season, potentially. Well, um, so there's some interesting, it sounds like we're pro-Bournemouth backline there. You two talking a lot about the likes of Smith, of Daniels getting forward. Of course, the only Bournemouth defender I have in my team is Francis, who we haven't mentioned at all so um true to form what about Sunderland then again d- destroyed by Arsenal in the end of the weekend showed some fight back but then that, that beautiful man Olivier Giroud coming up with a couple of goals for me still Jermaine Defoe is you know the, the best of a bad bunch there is there anyone from Sunderland we can you know we can see coming good you can look at Pickford just because he's cheap but He's not kept a clean sheet in the last 10 Premier League games. So whether you're looking for just save points from him, he's just a cheap for, uh, second. For me, if, he, if Heaton's going to make all the saves and have the same kind of goals conceded record, I'm, I'm a Heaton man at yeah. the moment. I, I mean, definitely. You, you saw the game against Arsenal. They just had no, they just let Arsenal have the ball. They didn't charge us down or anything. They just did nothing the whole game. And I think they've made lowest amount of kilometres per game so far this season. So they're obviously not putting any effort in to actually get up from the bottom of the league. It's them and Hull, I just think, have become the Premier League whipping boys at the moment. It's interesting because um, Defoe is actually still owned by 13% of FPL managers. And if you do, if you look at his next couple of games and the fact that he can pop up with a goal, Bournemouth away and then Hull at home, Liverpool after that, who aren't watertight at the back. So I think... I wouldn't be rushing to put Defoe in, but I think if you've got him, I still wouldn't drop him, having said all that about Sunderland. Your thoughts? I think that's probably a decent shout, purely because teams will now go and play Sunderland, and I think the general consensus is if we're playing (laughs) Sunderland, we better be winning. So they're going to go for goals, and that hopefully would allow for a few balls over the top or 
some sort of miracle for Sunderland to find Defoe uh, yeah. at least once or twice a game, and he is very clinical for a striker. He is. He's. Um, he seems to be able to find something out of nothing. He's still got that touch. I know he's in his thirties now, but he still seems to be very sharp and uh, quick, and he, he's kind of solid from the penalty spot as well. So if, I think if you've still got Defoe, stick with him. But I wouldn't be rushing to put him in if you haven't. Yeah. Okay. So that's Bournemouth versus Sunderland to kick us off. No, uh, no early kickoff this weekend either, um, other than the the Sunday game. So you don't have the uh, the tarnished captaincy that uh, the beard would usually shout. Moving on to two interesting clubs: Burnley versus uh, Crystal Palace. Um, a few players in each side that people could be looking at. It sounds. I mean, we've talked a fair bit about Heaton already. Iceman, I know you were writing off any other Burnley players. Jno, is there anyone from Burnley that that's sort of caught your eye this season? There, there's only one. Uh, I really don't think you're looking at Burnley for attacking points. Yeah, maybe Michael Keane. Um, he's popped up with a goal. I think it's only one goal so far this season, yeah. and he's a decent defender. And if Heaton's going to be saving them and getting them a couple of clean sheets a season, then Michael Keane is also going to benefit from that. But you don't need two Burnley defenders or defensive no. players. There's <laughs> no, there's no need no. for that. So if you've got Heaton. You're really not looking for any other Burnley player, in my opinion. Was Ke- did Keane get in the England squad recently? Or he was certainly being talked about as a potential. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he was in. In, but probably didn't play. No. He didn't play. I think he. I think he uh, came through United as well. So uh, someone they could pro- probably do with right now, given the way they're playing. Um, Iceman, I think I've got your opinion on Burnley, so I won't come to you on on them. Can you lead us off on Palace, though? I mean, you've been quite a fan of Benteke this season. How do you feel about him for this weekend? Yeah, I have. He hasn't got me a great deal amount of points, so I have actually shipped him out for Austin. But I still think mm. he's probably he's probably got a lot of threat up, up top for them. With as we've discussed before, the crosses in the box and the aerial threat that he has, he's just not picking up the points. And in FPL, I do feel like if they're not picking up points, you just got to get rid and then just move on as quick as you can. But I can see some more points from him and Townsend. Uh, I know Punchin is coming back. Is he back this game? I can't remember if he... There's no injury on him. No, so I think he is back now. So you could be looking at the likes of him as well. They are playing Burnley and they do let in, I think, a second to the amount of shots conceded. Palace did play quite well against Liverpool and they do get forward. They do create a lot of chances. Yeah. So you can see you can see some attacking returns. MacArthur, I know a lot of people have brought him in and he's actually gone up 0.1, but... Um, I don't think he is a great option. I looked at his stats going forward. He does get forward more now compared to last year, but he did just get two audacious headers in the last game, which I don't think he's going to get every game. Okay. So, Jano, I mean, in terms of um, as a West Ham fan, we, we or an adopted West Ham fan rather, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week, how they'd thrown all their money into the likes of Zaza and Fletcher and, is it Caleri? Caleri. Yeah. Caleri. Caleri. I mean, if you combine all the money they spent on those players, Christian Benteke could have been a, a decent option for them. I mean, how do you feel about Palace and Benteke at the moment? I mean, I think the reason West Ham didn't look at Benteke as an option is because the whole West Ham way philosophy that a lot of fans want us to be a passing side and a skillful side with the likes of Payet. Um, yeah. Carroll, of course, does do a good job for us, but always gets injured. Yeah. Uh, so Benteke could have done a job for us. I just think, was he a bit tarnished after his run at Liverpool? Where Was the confidence just a bit low on him to take that risk? Yeah. That being said, at least you know what he can do in the Premier League, whereas the yeah. players West Ham brought in, you don't know. No. So, and uh, we probably me, still don't, if we're being fair. Yeah, to be fair, every now and again, they look like they could become good for about 20 minutes. And <laughs> then it all goes to pot. As far as Crystal Palace goes, I think one of the main beneficiaries of Benteke's move um, might be Zaha. He's starting to look a lot better now in that Palace side and he can put a decent cross in. And of course, that's what Benteke loves. So I think Zaha could be a good shout as well. Had a couple of shouts for a penalty appeal as well in the last game. He does get into the box and loves to dribble around players and seems to get fouled quite a lot. I think think it was three penalty shouts Palace had in like a space of 10-15 10-15 minutes so Zaha's only 5.3 million still he got five five points last week not a bad shout as a fifth midfielder problem is do you want a fifth midfielder that's scoring 
I know it doesn't really matter because your fifth midfielder is your fifth midfielder. But if you're not playing him, then he's going to be on the bench no matter what. But I just hate seeing points on my bench. Yeah, of course, of course. So, so you'd actually gamble and play him if I was going to pick Zaha. I'd be playing him. You'd be playing him. But him I, I, that being said, I'm I'm not picking him. There won't be. <laughs> no. Well, they've got my midfield's pretty set. Well, of course, they've got Burnley away, and then it's Manchester City at home, so that fixture isn't looking too favourable. Depending, though, on what City's defence is like, again, we know this season they've only kept a couple of clean sheets, so there could be some attacking returns. Swansea away after that, so Zaha as a differential might not be a bad shout. Hopefully, but uh, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on to City, then, I've just mentioned there. Um Beating Barcelona in the Champions League tonight, that's got to be a confidence boost for Pep Guardiola's men after that mini dip in form. Um, we've had the return of KDB, scored again tonight. Did he assist at the weekend? He did, yeah. He, he did assist, assist yeah. at the weekend. We've also seen the rise of, uh, of Gundogan, who looked so good when he played at Dortmund, apart from that sort of barren spell when he was injured. Um, Iceman, thoughts on, on City at the moment and where would you be going? I, I've gone KDB, but <clears throat> before the pod we did have a brief talk about Gundogan and I was just, I was saying how I think he's going to be moved further back now that KDB is back in the team, but then I looked at the score in tonight's game and he scored twice, so I kind of uh, contradicted myself there at the same time. He he is obviously an option because he just gets forward and he, he gets those chances. Uh, so a lot of people are drafting him in. He is going up tonight. Another great shout, just at 5.5 million. And he's already got 33 points so far this season. He's only played like six games, I think it is. And I think it depends on... 5.5 define... million? I didn't even realise, sorry. Yeah, that just been... shocked me a bit. Really? Very, a very, very cheap option. I think the thing with Gundogan is that people will see him as a more defensive midfielder, but he's actually not. When he was at Dortmund, he played next to... I think it was uh, Sven Bender, who is very much a holding midfielder. Tonight, it looks like he's lined up in front of um, Fernandinho. So I think he's in a side where Pep has uh, a defensive player who will give him the license to go and play, like a Kante at Chelsea. He's kind of freeing up Matic to move on. Um, so I don't think Gundogan is going to be as holding as, as he might seem. And, and you know, The price might be a little bit of a misleading one, because actually... We've seen his returns in FPL have been very good this season so far. He's uh, he's already scored uh, three goals in the Premier League. We've seen uh, a couple of goals tonight. So actually, if you look at games per goal ratio, he's up there with, with anyone in the league. I mean, he's got the same amount of points as Nolito, who would cost you a good 3.3 million more. Yeah. And Silver has only got, has got six points less than him. So definitely, if you've not got Sterling or De Bruyne, then definitely go with Gundogan. And I think if you look at the way Pep sets up his sides, if you look at the last two, so Barcelona obviously had the likes of Iniesta, who was that kind of more creative player that played next to Xavi in front of Busquets. If you look at Barcelona, he um, I think a few eyebrows were raised when he brought in Thiago. But again, that creative, I suppose, not, not so dynamic player, but certainly more creative in, in terms of linking things up and pushing forward. So he seems to fit that bill at City. And I think at 5.5, he is a steal. Uh, yeah, I do agree. The only thing is, you look at, he only got 10 goals and 105 appearances. So if you're looking for massive returns, I don't know if he's going to be going for it. I think he not, might just be in a purple patch, maybe. I don't know. We, we, we're yet to see, but he, he's looking good at the moment. So maybe it's time to, to put him in now. Potential returns. Any other City players then, chaps? Well, we're pro Gundogan <laughs> so far. If if you took out Aguero, which a lot of people were shouting on Twitter last week, then yeah, you're going to feel a bit silly this week, aren't you? After his great return of 16 points this week, I, I was never planning on doing it. I'm keeping him in. He's a season keeper. Um, probably him, the only one which I'd probably keep for the season. Maybe Sanchez. Yeah, but yeah, he, he's looking good now. He is playing a different game though. He's moving more. Whereas last season, I think I've got the stat here. He's moved seven point eight kilometers a game on average, and this season it's already ten point two kilometers. So that's quite a difference. So he's working harder. So you're probably going to see a lot more to it. Maybe a few more assists. Maybe even more goals than last season, which you wouldn't think would be possible with him. No, I mean his strike rate this season, um, when you factor in tonight, is a goal every single game basically so he hasn't scored this evening but 
um, regardless of that, he's certainly on fire this season. Is, is he in your team, Jano? Oh, of course. I mean, I think if you've played uh, FPL for anything more than a year, you know you don't drop Aguero unless he's injured. Um, yeah. I'm surprised there was such uh, like a turn of the community to dropping Aguero because of a few games. He's one of those players that can literally be so explosive. Yeah. He can either save your game week or make an average game week a great game week if you've captained him and so on and so forth. So I think if you're trying to be in the top players, you need Aguero. I would agree with you there. And actually, he's got an assist tonight. So even if he's not scored, he's contributed again. Um, for those of you interested in who else assisted tonight, Raheem Sterling popped up with one. And that's it. So two goals for Gundogan, one for KDB and a couple of assists there to report. And of course, Messi scoring against his uh, his former boss as well, as per usual. Um, we talked a lot about City then, so it seems to be we're, uh, we're pro-Aguero, we're pro-Gundogan. What about their opponents this weekend, Middlesbrough? Can you see any hope for them? And if you can, who's who's kind of providing that hope? There's, there's not going to be much hope, really, is there, against City, the way they're playing. But yeah, they have got players which are playing well, like Gaston. Uh, Toyore looks good. Uh, for sure, playing in the last game, he looked good. Uh, again, he he's like a, a good fifth midfielder. Seems to be getting games and playing a little further forward. So not not a bad shout if you're looking for a fifth to get rid of Kapu, maybe cash in on that money he's made you. Other than that, I, I don't really see Negredo. He got an assist last game, but no, I don't really yeah. see much promise in him. And yeah, they've they've got Man City, Chelsea, Leicester now, so I don't think many people are going to be drafting in uh, Middlesbrough players. That, that's a disgusting run of fixtures, Jano. Have, have you got any uh, any pearls of wisdom from Middlesbrough? Or are you overlooking them this week? I'll definitely overlooking them for a while. Um, for me, Middlesbrough are a defensive side, so the only yeah. time you need a Middlesbrough player is when their fixtures ease up, and then you're looking for the cheap uh, defenders to go in your team. Negredo, everyone had hopes for him to be yeah. a cheap striker that could score. Uh, but I think now, if you're looking in that price range, uh, Charlie Austin is probably your best bet as yeah. far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't think there's anyone from Middlesbrough to no. get drafting. So moving on from Middlesbrough, takes us to West Ham versus Stoke. So one of these sides having more of an upturn in form. Unfortunately, J&O, it's not your side. How are you feeling about West Ham at the moment at the London Stadium at this weekend against uh, Mark Hughes' improving side? As a fan or a follower, I really hope that we can turn the corner. We have had some half-decent performances recently in comparison to what was coming before it. But as an FPL player, I've got no West Ham player at all. I don't envision bringing any West Ham player in. Um, <laughs> Not even Payet? Payet, Payet is always going to, every now and again, have a moment of magic. But if the team around him isn't performing, there's only so much one player can do. Whereas you have players of similar quality in teams that are actually ticking. So... As much as it pains me to say, and I think last year I had pay it for the whole season, uh, apart from when he was injured, this year I don't see myself bringing in any West Ham player. Maybe Creswell if there's an upturn in their performances because he can come up with quite a few assists and a few goals as well. Yeah. Um, other than that, Lanzini's been put up since last year, so don't really see anyone coming through maybe Ashley Fletcher if they actually play him more because he nearly always looks good when he does play but again if the team around him isn't performing then there's only so much he can do absolutely I mean um, I think certainly Cresswell has been a favorite on this uh, this podcast what about you Iceman any any West Ham thoughts yeah it would only be Pyatt which I would be tempted by Antonio is actually playing up front now though isn't he <laughs> that your strikers don't seem to be wanting to get in I, the team I think the problem with Antonio playing up front is he got a lot of his headed goals by cutting in and by yeah. the defense not picking him up now he's up front he's right in front of the defense and they can pick him up mm. and so I'm not sure if that's the best for Antonio's game which is why I wouldn't even look at him until he maybe gets put back on the wing. Uh, but please, whatever happens, don't put him back at fullback. Why <laughs> he plays fullback? Oh. 
Yeah, I think you can see that with these players sometimes, where they're so versatile, but they kind of fall victim to that because actually you're right. He he's, he can fill in at right back, but he's not a right back. He's he's one of the top, I would say, right midfielders in available to the England team right now, with the likes of Walcott injured um, and Chamberlain coming back into form and and Townsend still finding his feet. I, I think he's got a real shout to make a stake for that slot in the England side, but he's just being moved around far too much. I would leave him out on the right, let him make that place his own and, and, you know, enjoy the returns. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Stoke then. So uh, I think I know the player everyone's going to be talking about, but uh, J&O, do you want to to lead us off on Stoke? Well, already spoken about Joe Allen. I think he is right now the cheap midfielder that you need in your side he's been put further forward he's getting into the right positions getting assists and goals uh, of course there are the other options like Shakiri, who did I think two weeks ago or the week before last game week come up with two great goals um, other than that I would stay away from Wilfred Bonney for now I think yes he had a good game against Swansea but he may have been eager to prove a point before that he did not have the stats to suggest he would be getting two goals and he doesn't have the stats to suggest that he will carry it on either. Um, I am waiting for Jack Butland to come back because he is one of my favourites though. Yeah. Nice man. Um, Yeah, you say he's going to get back into it but he did have five attempts on goal in the last game and maybe he's, he's found his way with Stoke now. I think he still could be an option for people. But yeah, Joe Allen seems to be the one. But the only thing is, now that Shakiri's injured and Anatovic is out for the next game, it's going to be difficult to... I might not even start Allen. I've just brought him in. But I might not even start him for the next game because it looks like he's only going to have Boney to provide for. So maybe he's not going to be an option for this only for this next game but going forward definitely uh, definitely a good choice because uh, playing in that number 10 role he's, he's still still playing well isn't he see my problem with uh, bonnie is he is joint 22nd for shots on target this season out of strikers so there's so many more strikers with shots a lot more shots on target mm. that is the main thing i saw when i was doing my show earlier today is i was just like that's very very low for someone of his quality <laughs> So that is why he needs to do it in a couple more games before I'd even consider him. Yeah, no, I think I agree. He needs to maybe go on a bit of a run before you consider him, yeah. But the only thing is he has kind of got the fixtures for the next four with West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford and Burnley. So I think if you're going to put him in, put him in now. But if Yeah, you could reap the benefits if yeah. it does come off for you. Yeah. You could get the trend before everyone realises. Yeah, he's done it before, so you can't put it past him. Not nice man, I, th- I think that's our first punt of the night then, calling a bony hot streak. Let's see if that uh, comes to fruition. Um, taking us into uh, into another London side playing at home this week, so Chelsea versus Everton. I really like the look of this fixture, lots of potential here. Both sides looking very good in recent weeks. Just to kick us off, I think it's fair to say that Eden Hazard is well and truly back. On the uh, the scoring gravy train, once again, looking very good going forward for Chelsea. We had a long discussion around their central midfield last week with Kante and Matic. But actually, I think this week we are, we're probably focusing more on uh, Hazard and his strike partner. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely back into contention now. I had the choice of going whether I go with him or KDB, and some parts of me feel feels like I've made the wrong decision going KDB because Hazard he hasn't got any Champions League, hasn't got any European football, so he's going to be well prepped for every game. Whereas KDB will have European football playing tonight, so he's not going to be as fresh and might get rotated. So I may have made the wrong choice there, but it's a bit too late now. I've already put him in. But yeah, Hazard, I I kind of want to get him into my team as well, but I can't fit him in with Sanchez, Firmino and KDB in my, my midfield and then keeping the likes of Aguero and Lukaku up front. It's not possible. I can't spend that amount of money, but yeah. He's definitely uh, high on my radar. Yeah, I definitely think that's going to be a discussion for the second half of the season when everyone gets their uh, wild cards. Where have you got to put the weight of your money? But that's a discussion for uh, for another day. Jane, what about you? How how do you feel about Chelsea right now? Well, I hate the fact that he's changed formation now because at the beginning of the season, it just looked like Costa was the go-to man. 
I was looking at the side and going, everything's going through Costa. Costa's going to get the goals. He might get a few assists as well. Change of formation, and now Hazard's an option, and I just don't have enough money. Um, <laughs> Sanchez is doing well. Aguero's doing well. Costa's still scoring points. You've got the Liverpool midfield. There's just not enough money. Um, I think it's one of those choices where if you've got Aguero, do you have to have a Man City midfielder? Could you fit Hazard in instead? But then I've got Aguero and Costa, so I'm kind of looking at going, do I need coverage elsewhere? Which is why at the moment I've got two Liverpool midfielders because uh, they're cheaper and they're scoring points as well. So I'm keeping an eye on Hazard, but at the moment too much work would have to be done to shift my team around to be bringing him in. Yeah, certainly it's difficult. I think when you've got uh, two players in the region of sort of 11 million plus playing well, it's very difficult to then fit in another player who's sort of in the 10 million bracket and then accommodate those more reasonably priced Liverpool midfielders as well. be interesting to see who you've got of those two when we get to them later. Um, Everton, looking good under Coman. A couple of goals at the weekend, one for Lukaku, one for Barkley, a solid 2-0 win. Uh, you know, who are the high performers here? Who's going to be more favourable for FPL? Yeah, Barkley looked good in the last game. He hadn't had a goal since the opening game against Spurs and he did score against... Uh, oh, God, who, who are they playing? Uh, when they won 2-0 yeah but, um, Burnley Burnley yeah <laughs> he, uh, he did score against Burnley and he got man of the match so he, he's also looking like he's playing higher up just looking at his heat maps uh, going from the first few games he was playing in the season he was further back towards the middle of the pitch now he's uh, further up besides Lukaku but yeah Lukaku seems to be scoring every game now Lukaku's got his ninth goal in as many games He's still going to be an option no matter who he plays. But it's just looking at Chelsea's defence. They now that they're playing this three-four-three uh, formation, they're still not conceded a goal, and they just seem to be solid playing the Conte way. Absolutely, they definitely look uh, solid at the back, don't they, at the moment? And um, like we talked about last week, that team is moulded and very much set up a similar way to uh, that of Juve and the Italian national team. And he signed the players to to complement it. So I personally think Chelsea are going to go from strength to strength. And actually, this week, I won't be going for any Everton defenders as I fancy Costa and Hazard to to continue that form. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jano, anything else to, to add on this one? The only thing I'd add is it's that type of fixture where I believe it could go either way. I know Chelsea have looked good recently, but it could be one of those games where Everton turn up and we suddenly find some weaknesses in this Chelsea setup. I'm never a fan of games where I see two sides that have looked good recently playing each other because you can try and figure out where the points are coming from, but you're not always going to be right. No, certainly a difficult one to call, but a great match in prospect. That's the 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. Well, that takes us through to the Sunday fixture. This one needs no introduction. The 12 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. It is Arsenal versus Tottenham. Now, JNO, because me and the Iceman will clearly not be biased on this, I'm going to um, just manage that a little bit. Who have you got in mind for this one? Who, how, first of all, how do you see the outcome of this? And who do you think are going to be the main performers in this uh, North London derby? I believe Arsenal should, if they carry on their form, win this game. Um, I'm sorry if I jinx it, but (laughs) Spurs were looking very good and they've kind of had a drop in form. They've still been, they're still undefeated, but they're not winning games. Whereas Arsenal at the moment are a bit more buoyant. I believe they've won their Champions League game, although not as easily as they perhaps should have. 3-2 3-2 in the end. Yeah. I know they went 2-0 down in the first 15 minutes, didn't they, I think. But yeah. they still got the win. And um, I think Sanchez is looking very good leading the line now. I think he's starting to figure out how he needs to play in that position. And the Spurs team, there's a lot of rotation there. And for FPL-wise, that is the reason I don't have a Spurs player. I had Lamella at the start. He did well at the start. And then the rotation started and... Everyone started bringing in Son, and then he got rotated. So I think you're a lot better off with the Arsenal players. I think Wenger is not rotating as much. So players like Sanchez, if he can play, he will play in important games. Well, I mean, if I just go through the uh, the team that played tonight against Ludogorets, um, pretty strong side. 
that Arsenal fielded there. Um, interestingly, Olivier Giroud getting the nod up front and scoring again tonight. I still wouldn't be looking to put him in, if I'm being honest, just because I believe um, Sanchez is playing too well in that forward position. Ramsey getting a start tonight. Ozil behind the front man, uh, playing in front of Xhaka and Coquelin. So I I wonder if that means uh, minutes for Oxlade, Chamberlain and Awobi at the weekend as they'll be the fresher of the few. Sanchez did actually start, though, sorry, on the left-hand side. So... Um, but I don't for one minute think that that means he, he won't play at the weekend. Iceman, I'm going to let you off the leash on this one now. Arsenal versus Tottenham is going to be hard for you not to be biased, but uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? There's, I think there's going to be quite a lot of goals in this game. There always is in uh, in this derby, so I can see Sanchez still scoring. The only thing is, with the emergence of Giroud now, will Sanchez be moved further back? Uh, yeah, into that wing position. But sometimes last year he probably scored most of his goals from there. Uh, I was just going to make that point. I will come back to you. But um, I, I actually think, like we were talking about Antonio earlier, you might even see more returns from Sanchez cutting in from the left, yeah. hitting a hammer strike or assisting than actually we've seen up front. Uh, we certainly saw when, when Theo was playing off him on the right, Theo was getting the majority of the points. So I think even if Sanchez was moved back, I'd still fancy him to score well. Sorry, I'll come back to you now. No, yeah, I, I agree. I, I, it's, I think he's a must-have. He's, he's becoming the, the new Aguero, just a very consistent FPL points provider, really. He, he's got his five goals and three assists so far this season. You can obviously see more coming. I don't think it matters who he plays. He's just... I know Alan Shearer said on match of the day that Aguero is the only world-class player, but Danny Murphy didn't agree, and he did say that uh, Sanchez was world-class as well, and I think I agree with him. I also would put just, Kevin De Bruyne Just in speaking game. on that, though, I was going to say, I'd, I'd see quite a few players in the Premier League who I think are world-class mm. on their day. Yeah. I think that's a very narrow-minded view that only one player in our league yeah. is world-class. He is uh, Alan Shearer, though. He can't, he can't really take much of what he says. Of he's just like, he say, scores how... goals, so he's the best. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, how, how you can say that KDB isn't one of the best sort of number 10s in the world and, yeah. and even Hazard in form and even you know, there's, uh, and, and Pogba. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it will be coming from the attacking players this game. Uh, I think Kane might be back, so he does make a difference. He's a little bit like Okazaki is for Leicester. He does a lot of work off the ball, which you don't actually see, and he does work hard for the team. In a way, I'm a bit annoyed I haven't had him all season. Walker, uh, he seems to be used a lot down that right-hand side, so whether we've got Monreal back or Gibbs, it's going to be a tough ask for them. With Walker, he's lightning fast. Yeah, yeah. And Walker may stay in my team just because I think he might get an assist. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree. He'd be the one I'd look at from Tottenham. The other player I'd probably shout again is uh, I do like Ali in these um, in these fixtures where things can get feisty. I think it gets it might bring the best out of him. So I'm not just going to be biased towards an Arsenal pick. I'm going to say uh, Deli Ali might be a good shout for you. Tottenham followers out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I know Janos mentioned that a Tottenham have been playing as well, but they seem to be getting loads of attempts on goal. 22 against Leicester in the last game. And uh, yeah, Ali could have scored it at the bar and yeah. had a shot just <clears throat> saved as well. So yeah, goals can still be coming from them. It's just uh, their defence as well. They are very solid in defence. They've only just conceded their first goal from open play against Leicester with their only shot on target in the last game. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, could, I could say there's loads of goals, but there might not be. And, and I have to say, if, if uh, you had Vertonghen and uh, Alderweireld lining up for a side like Real Madrid or Barcelona, I certainly wouldn't question it and say they need a new centre-half pairing. I think that's as good a, a pairing as you'll get anywhere in the world, personally. Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to this game, though. It's going, to be, it's going to be a good one. Let's not dwell on that one too much, though. We've still got four decent fixtures left. My, my favourite side, Hull, are at home against Southampton. Again, I refuse to talk about Hull. Um, J&O, do you have anything positive you can, you can throw into the pot around Hull? An alternative theory, perhaps? If you can get us a time machine and go back before <laughs> Mike Phelan got the job officially, then, yeah, I might have some positive things to say. But it's gone a bit downhill now, hasn't it? And I did have Jakubovic in goal. And yeah. I think I had Snodgrass at one point. But yeah, they've long gone. 
The the only positive thing I can probably say is that uh, the team playing them, I can almost guarantee it's worth putting a player in. It's almost like, remember last season, we had someone tweet us and actually say, um, is it worth uh, doubling up on Villa every week until the end of the season? And actually, <laughs> the theory was completely right. Yeah, um, big worked, points man. against them. Iceman, um, if, any, any whole players? And if not, where are you going for Saints? No, no whole players whatsoever. They're, they're not options for anyone. It's a bit like Sunderland. I don't feel like they're, they're options. I know you, right, you let's, let's talk about Southampton then. Let's not dwell on Hull. Who, yeah. who, who are you lads thinking? Well, I've brought in Austin. He's going to start scoring again, I think. He's been he's blanked the last couple, but I can see him getting a load of goals against Hull. They're just too weak at the back for me. Yeah, I have to agree. I think Redmond also, if he keeps his uh, forward position. And Tadic, I'm still waiting for Tadic to come up trumps and then of course you've got the Southampton defence if you've got a Southampton defender you'd definitely be putting him in your first 11 yeah I think everyone's been waiting for Tadic to come good for the last two seasons haven't they he seems to go through his spits and spurts where he does really well and then just fades away and blanks for a number of games frustrating on that front but certainly the Austin looks the uh, the hot pick uh, for this week so we're looking at a Southampton win against Hull, very much um, seeing Hull as not really offering too much to the uh, the FPL pot. The second 2.15 kick-off on Sunday, uh, a game I'm really looking forward to, actually. Um, I love what Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool. They look finally a side that they have threatened to be over a number of years. There's always been a lot of criticism about their attacking midfielders and their wing play, but I think now they've just got an embarrassment of riches in those positions. We we covered them a lot in last week's podcast, talking about all of their front three. Jano, I'd be interested to see who your two from Liverpool are in their midfield. Okay, my two, not the cheapest ones, uh, but not Mane, so not the most expensive. Yeah, uh, Coutinho and Firmino yeah. are my two choices. Firmino just has always had the underlying stats, which suggests he's going to get goals and assists. Yeah. And I think when he leads the line, which Klopp's doing a lot more now and not playing Sturridge, I think he's involved a lot. He yeah. may get more assists this season than he gets goals. And then Coutinho, I've had a very bad relationship with Coutinho as far as FPL goes. Uh, the last two years, every time I pick him, he has a dry patch. I drop him, he starts playing really well again. And I've always said the problem with him is he's got a pennant for a long shot, loves to take shots from distance. So his shots on goal always looks really impressive, but then on target hasn't always looked as good. But now he's getting into the box more, it's looking really good, looking as integral as Firmino does to their build-up play. So while two or three weeks ago, I was like looking at Lallana, I was looking at Mane, I think now it's those two are the main two. So I think if you're going to have one of them, it has to be one of those two. Maybe not pair up on both of them, but that's the tactic I'm going for, and hopefully it pays off. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I think it's interesting, actually. I'm glad it's not just me that's had that relationship with Coutinho because I've had the exact same happen. I remember I dropped him last year and he literally went goal crazy against Chelsea, which has uh, come back to haunt me ever since. So, yeah, I think they're, they're priced. They're slightly cheaper than the likes of Mane. So they're, they're both a great shout. Coutinho, again, I would argue we talk about world-class players. On his day, I think Coutinho as an attacking midfielder is right up there with the best in Europe in terms of what he can do to a side. So, um, Iceman, I think you shouted Lovren last week. Yeah, he, he's in my team. It's just that he just seems to be an attacking threat. I don't think you're going to gain much from Liverpool in terms of clean sheets. Currently, they always seem to let in a stupid goal uh, from somewhere. They're, they're not solid. They're always uh, liable to a mistake or two each game. And as we said last week, uh, they're not great from set pieces. So, yeah, Lovren still shout. Yeah, he's moved up to 5 million now, and people are drafting him in. Uh, I do still think that. Um, Klein is still a good bet. He's a bit like Walker going forward. Just uh, he just doesn't seem to be reaping the returns at the moment. I do think that will come true at some point. Well, last week um, Watford managed to keep a clean sheet at home against uh, against Hull, so no surprises there. Having said that, they did only manage one against that Hull side. We've bigged up the Liverpool attack. They didn't have a so shot I presume, target either. Well, I, I presume we're not um, saying that uh, Watford are. You know, are going to keep a clean sheet against Liverpool. Can you see them posing any attacking threats? The last few weeks, all we've said is the name Hollibas. 
can either of you offer me anything different? Well, I think if you look at mistakes as far as their defence goes, Troy Deeney could always get on the end of something. So I wouldn't suggest it as your overall tactic, but if you've already got Troy Deeney, there's always a chance he's going to make the most of a mistake that the Liverpool defence make. Other than that, I would probably drop Holabas to your bench this week, which is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think um, I can't see them keeping a clean sheet. And to be honest, I think the way Liverpool are playing, I can't see too many attacking returns either. So that brings us on to the uh, the later games of the day: Swansea versus Man United. Actually, I, I was quite shocked the other day looking at the league. I hadn't realised how poorly Swansea had done this season. Only five points, second bottom, only in front of it a David Moyes side. Against a Manchester United team, which again um, flattered to deceive, another nil nil at the weekend. Jano, how are you feeling about this fixture? I think this is a must-win for Man United. And yeah. I, to be honest, both sides, the one player I would pick that I'd have confidence in doing something would be Sigurdsson at the moment. So it's not even a Man United player mm-hmm. in this fixture that I'd have the most confidence in. Ibrahimovic is, of course, Ibrahimovic. So there's the chance that suddenly he'll return to form. But the amount of shots he's had and has not been converting is ridiculous so I have no idea how the game is going to go it could be a whitewash for Man United if they actually turn up but they just haven't been turning up regularly so I can't put any confidence in them so the one player I would suggest is Sigurdsson that's the only one that I'd have any confidence in see a lot of people were shouting him on on Twitter a few a few weeks ago after his game against Arsenal he just uh, hasn't returned since then Uh, but he is their most attacking midfielder, so yeah, you can see why, and he does start every game. But he uh, got five points against Stoke. Got oh, an assist. Oh, yeah. he did get an assist last game. Oh, sorry, yeah, my bad on that one. But yeah, other than that, you want more returns against the likes of Stoke, and he has got a couple of tough fixtures coming up with United and Everton, and then he's uh, they're at home to Palace. Then they've got Spurs. So going forward, I don't know if Swansea players are that much of an option anymore uh, you, you look at the likes of Amat and Kingsley, they're both not playing anymore, they were the 4 million defenders which everyone was going to uh, so I don't think they're any options so I, I can't see any true potential from any of these Swansea players, it's, it's probably all about Man United players for this game I think it's difficult with Sigurdsson as well isn't it, because he's at 7.2 million, now if you're harbouring a higher priced City or Chelsea midfield like a Hazard or KDB, accommodating Liverpool midfielders if you've got Sanchez in your side, it doesn't free up a lot of cash, so at 7.2 million he's kind of at that nasty price where you can't have him as a fifth cheaper midfielder. But but equally, is he consistent enough to justify having on a regular basis? But he does come up with it with a big score some weeks, so he's a bit of a bit of a dilemma for me, Sigurdsson. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Okay, so actually, it sounds like we are pro. I guess Swansea in terms of the only player we pick at the moment. I guess in terms of United, um, I shouted Juan Mata last week. If they are going to go goal crazy in this one, I still think Mata is their biggest threat. Yeah. Um, I, I'm still not going to commit to their team though until they start to get back on a run of form again. I don't believe they'll be bad for a long time, and they kept a clean sheet this week. But uh, I, do, I do want to see kind of a decent performance before I'm swayed back to uh, putting their players in again. No, I, I agree with Mata though. He had uh, second most amount of attempts on goal in the last game behind Ibrahimovic with twelve. They did yeah. get thirty-seven shots on goal. Uh, just yeah, Heaton was having a stormer, yeah. wasn't he? Where Ibrahimovic almost broke his arm. Uh, but Matter actually got taken off as well at 73 minutes. Fat Rooney came on, but he, he was actually on 100% pass accuracy at that point. Seven shots on, yeah. Uh, on goal. Yeah, he is a big threat for them. I do think he he could be an option for this game and yeah. going forward. But he's one of those which you've got no confidence in truly choosing you've got to probably wait for him to like you say play a few games and then score a few points then he might be an option as soon as in form yeah okay well that takes us on to the last fixture of the weekend which is the the champions versus uh versus west brom a good result last week for leicester i I would suggest in terms of away at white hart lane one one there again uh, musa coming up with the uh the goods uh, West Brom away again a lot of us have committed to uh, Foster in goal as well as a second keeper who do you fancy this week 
to sort of feature well for Leicester? And is there anyone from West Brom you're looking at, Iceman? From West Brom, would the the options there are Foster, McCauley. I think Brunt might be a good option, actually. He does get forward quite a lot. And last season, he got a, few, a hell of a lot of points from midfield. And I think if he was playing defence, he would, he would be... Extremely high scorer, uh, but yeah, yeah um, Chadley is the go-to guy for attacking points. There, Rondon missed a few easy chances in the last game, so his confidence might be down. But yeah, Chadley still uh, still probably the go-to attacking man at West Brom. Yeah, and what about you, Jane? Have you got any thoughts about this one? Uh, I mean, Brunt actually played out of position in that game, played uh, further up the field, left winger, so. He's a shout if he keeps that position. Uh, other than that, I think it's got to be Chadley or Rondon. And then everyone likes Foster and uh, West Brom defender. So not sure how they'll do against Leicester. Leicester did score three against Palace uh, before their game against Spurs. Uh, we're just waiting for Leicester to start performing like they did last season and whether that will happen or not. Uh, I think Ranieri is focusing on the Champs League, to be fair. Uh, I think they know they're not likely to get top four this season, especially with the improvement in some of the top sides. So there may be a weaker side played in this game as well. So I'd I'd fancy Chudley to get some points on the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think Leicester have been a little bit disappointing this season in the league, but the Champions League form is so good, you could argue that uh, Ranieri's got bigger fish to fry now. Yeah, I mean, if they win it, don't they get back in the Champions League next year? They certainly do. <laughs> maybe that's the goal. Uh, well, maybe that's the peak of Jamie Vardy's story, scoring the uh, the goal against uh, Barcelona that wins them in the final. Who knows? Well, chaps, that rounds out the uh, the fixtures for the week. Iceman, is there anything on Twitter that we uh, have been asked? Yeah, we've got some social media posts this week, a couple of questions from Twitter. Let's run the gauntlet of social media. Yep, so uh, one from Daniel Zalapski. Have I said that right? Uh, possible differential in the form of Giroud, good price tag, sparing Arsenal's attack, and will this mean a lesser role for Sanchez? Uh, personally, well, I think we've discussed this a little bit already. No, I would suggest Sanchez, wherever he plays in that Arsenal side, he's going to be a threat. I think if he goes out to the left, I'd be even more confident of him coming up with attacking return. So I, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah. Are you in agreement, JNA? I'd have to say the problem with Giroud is he may not play every game. Yeah. Whereas if Sanchez is fit, he's going to be playing. So Sanchez is a lot safer an option. Um, but do look at Giroud when it comes to maybe double game weeks and the last fixture of uh, the season because he seems to like to score in the last fixture of the season yeah, as well. He, he got a hat-trick. I think I captained him in the last game as well, which was nice. Moving on to Eddie Hughes has asked, why did I play Kapu over Gudonkin? <laughs> that, to be honest, I can see why you've done that, though, because Kapu playing whole... Gudongan in a City team where you don't know if he's going to play every game but he seems to be playing now Gudongan's definitely a good shout for any FPL manager at the moment moving forward especially with his two goals tonight I can see him going up in price quite a lot as well but moving oh yeah on, definitely a 5.5 million midfielder at Man City yeah definitely worth it yeah uh, so we've got some messages from uh, Reddit one of them Big George just listing Gudungan, obviously wanting us to talk about him. Um, so I think we've gone through him uh, quite a bit this episode. Uh, and then we've got a, a Kapu replacement. Who would you replace Kapu for? Well, I've already done it, so I brought went, in Joe Allen. You went Allen, yeah. What about you, Paul? Uh, well, I'm going to say Joe Allen, um, based on the form and where the money's going this week. I think we've shouted a few decent cheap midfielders, but it's hard to look past Allen at the moment at that price. There's not too many others that I fancy just having another glance at people in that price category we talked about Matic quite a bit last week didn't we but I'm still feeling that Alan's probably the way to go uh, we talked about Stanislas earlier on in the podcast the yeah. only other one um, that I might fancy is Victor Moses who's playing yeah. regularly at Chelsea at the moment um, looks good in that wing back role um, he's a little bit more expensive than Kapu, but might not be a bad shout in a way of getting into that Chelsea midfield. Yeah, I agree with that. I did look up MacArthur against Joe Allen, but the stats were just all for Joe Allen. He's just further forward, creating more chances and getting more shots on goal. So it looks just like- J- J&O's big pump for the podcast, Zaha as well, only 
uh, three million. And again, if he gets on a run of four, could be uh, very fruitful. Yeah, it could be an option. Right, we've got another question from Sango Mango. He's got two questions. Thinking of selling my premium defenders and going back to a five times four point five defenders to spend more money on my midfielders. One, do you think that's a good idea? And looks like there's more value in the midfield, so you can rotate those cheaper defenders. What do you reckon of that, guys? What do you reckon, JNA? Well, you've got to find the right rotation pair, and then you've got to rely on fixtures actually being easy fixtures. And in the Premier League, is there such a thing? Are you confident that you can rotate your defenders? You can rotate them and see your points on the bench. I think when you pick more premium price players, you've got a bit more confidence in defence that they're going to keep a clean sheet. That being said, I only have one uh, defender that you could consider premium priced, and then I have four cheap defenders, but that is purely because I've had to transfer out cheaper defenders and bring in other defenders that are actually playing. So I'm just kind of trying to fix my defence from my wild card in game week three and four. So... I would personally think you need one or two premium-priced or five million up defenders, just so you've got that base uh, to make sure you're still getting points from your defence in case your midfield and attack do have a bad game week. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Buddy, what do you reckon? Well, I'm just um, looking at the top, um, because we're talking about 4.5 million, aren't we, which doesn't give you a huge ceiling to work in. If I look at the top players who are... 4.5 million just based on score this season. You're talking about Barragan at Middlesbrough on 30 points, Francis on 29, me at Burnley on 29. That's not literally me, that is me. Um, Prodel at Watford, Lowton, most of the Watford defenders, they're all scoring in a range of about 20 to 30 points. Um, so just based on that, there isn't a huge pool that you can go from. And I wouldn't be confident the likes of Middlesbrough, Bournemouth and Watford week in, week out, like JNO said, there will be enough to rotate to, to give you the returns. I think at least if you have a premium defender in there every few weeks, you can pretty much guarantee a clean sheet coming along. And if you pick a good one, an attacking threat as well, I always think Koscielny's well worth the money for a headed goal. If you can afford him bearing out of here out at Spurs you know these are all players who tend to come up with with the goods attacking wise as well so for me I'd always want at least one premium defender who's going to play be fit for the whole season and, and potentially pick up a clean sheet every few weeks yeah yeah good points um I was just looking at top of our fans uh FPL sorry top of our FF Surgery Podcast League and the guy has got a load of premium defenders. He's got De Gea in goal with Bellerin Walker Aspilicueta. So you know, he's got four big players there and he is top. So you know, just saying that it is, it is an option but other people go the other way and then just get a load of premiums and that seems to work as well. So uh, it just depends who you pick, doesn't it, really? You know because... what they say, attackers will win you games, but defenders win you championships. Yeah, true this story. Guy, this guy may be benefiting from. Any more from Twitter? Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's all from social media this week. Thanks for all your questions. I hope we've answered them in a way which is going to help you going forward. Yeah, thanks very much for the questions. Always uh, makes things interesting when it comes to um, hearing what you've got to say. Keep the questions coming. Uh, FF underscore surgery on Twitter. Okay, before we sign off, let's just have a think about where the bonus points are coming from this week in terms of our captain. So, JNO, as the guest, you get to uh, lead us off on this one. Who are you looking at for captain? I am not making the same mistake again, uh, Sergio Aguero. <laughs> I'm just Absolutely. not doing it again. I'm not doing it two weeks in a row. I can't tell so. you how many people have said that. If, if we could record or, or just cut every time someone said that the week after a big Aguero score, <laughs> I think it'd be a very entertaining podcast in itself. Iceman, are you going to follow that with Aguero or have you got any other any other bright ideas? I really want to captain Firmino this week against Watford. Watford not got the greatest defence. And Liverpool just look, you know, they look like they're flying at the moment. But if I don't, I know that Aguero is going to score high at home to Middlesbrough. Um, I do have another option in Austin away to Hull, but yep, it will like be that. between uh, Firmino and Aguero, I think. I don't think I'm going to have the big enough balls to go Austin. Okay, so it's between the two of them. I think um, it's difficult, isn't it? I think if. <laughs> If Sergio Aguero wasn't Sergio Aguero at home against Middlesbrough, you'd look at a big Sanchez performance against Tottenham. You'd look at 
um, a Firmino performance against Watford. You might even look at a Costa performance against the likes of Everton as well, at home at Stamford Bridge. But I just can't get past um, Sergio Aguero at home against Middlesbrough when he's in such form at the moment. So I'm going to make it a, a full house of uh, Aguero captaincy, I think. Solid. So what's the bet? Any blanks now? Yeah. Well, I think we we may just have jinxed him, but uh, let, let's uh, hope not. I think you'd be a um, a betting man to go against him, and that rounds out the thirty sixth fancy football surgery podcast. Uh, just in terms of a few ways to get in contact with us, then so on Facebook, uh, facebook dot com forward slash fancy football surgery. You can message us on there. Tweet us, like I said earlier, at FF underscore surgery. Listen to us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Give us a comment, some feedback and a rating on there. Always good to hear your views. Um, you can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. The Iceman's always looking over the mail on that one. We're also on Reddit as well, so you can always uh, send us your questions on there. Finally, join our FPL surgery... Uh, sorry, FPL... F- uh, brilliant join that's fine leave it in leave it in finally join our fancy football surgery mini league the number is 17603-67186718 all that's left to do is to say goodbye to the surgeons so from the Iceman yeah cheers Paul good luck in your game weeks J&O thank you for joining us this week some uh, some some excellent additions to the pod there thank you thanks for having me on and hopefully I'll see all you guys on it another time and do check out uh, JNO's uh, YouTube channel. What's the name of the channel? Uh, it's JNO United. If you type in JNO Space United, it will be the first result. Fantastic. Some really great stuff on there. And um, in a week when uh, Arsenal looked to have qualified from the Champions League and Pep got one over on his old club, uh, we head into the next game week cheering for Kun. go nicely with the music at the end <laughs> cheering a smooth, a smooth sign off <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah thanks uh, I like Gary Lineker at the end there actually <laughs> <laughs>